1: Welcome to another exciting edition of Pop Life. We explore just, just everything to do with the wonderful world of pop culture. Thank you all for tuning in. We want to hear from you. We got a lot of interesting topics tonight, so you guys better bring it. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. Check us out on Facebook. It's TKRS presents Pop Life on Facebook. We just reached 100 likes. Now it's on to 150 and 200 and beyond. So head on over there, like us on the Facebook, and uh, get involved in the show chat right there. We also uh, we threw up uh, something today on stand-up comedy. What are your favorites? What are your least favorites? We're going to be getting to that topic a little later on. So get on the Facebook, let us know what you like and dislike in the world of stand-up comedy. So as I said, we've got a lot to talk about.
3: Todd, how are you doing this
1: fine evening? You ready to dissect the world of pop culture?
3: I can't wait, as usual. You know, I don't have to be on the air to dissect the world of pop culture, but I really bring it when we start the show, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Exciting. 100
1: likes. We finally reached that milestone. Kind of neat,
3: huh? It took a while. You know, I was counting as we got closer. You know, we hit the 80, we hit the 90, and then I was just waiting. I, I, I really resisted pandering with the number to my friends. <laughs> And we hit it anyway. So, you know, go for it and let's hit 1,000 next.
1: So we're going to start off with a little bit of news that's occurred in, in the world of pop culture since we last spoke. Uh, unfortunately, um, we had the passing of, you know, I don't know if we can call this, this actress a legend, but a legendary character, Ann B. Davis, who played Alice on The Brady Bunch, uh, passing away. Um, sad news, a, a character that anybody, you know, you say Alice from The Brady Bunch, An iconic role. Uh, I I think she's someone that uh, everyone wished they had a maid like Alice. So uh, definitely a very likable character, an iconic character. And, uh, you know, rest in in peace, Ann B. Davis. But uh, were you a Brady Bunch fan
3: growing up? Uh, Who wasn't a Brady Bunch fan growing up? I mean, the show was maybe a little before our time, but on reruns constantly. And, uh, you know, I, I loved the Brady Bunch. It was that perfect... Perfect is the right word because it was perfectly cheesy. The family was perfect. She was the perfect maid. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed the show. Uh, It was – I don't know if it holds up now. You know, they had the Brady Bunch movies, which mocked the Brady Bunch TV show. In fact, one thing I read about um, yesterday was that, unfortunately – of course, it's unfortunate that Ann B. Davis has passed. The uh, actress who played Alice in the movies Has been stopped numerous times With people asking her Wait, you're not dead <laughs> So, you know, you get confused With different actors playing the role uh, No, it's Ann Davis from the, uh, the TV show Who has uh, passed away And, you know, the, uh, they're going to miss her We're going to miss her
1: And uh, some other news uh, On the Star Wars front uh, uh, This week uh, New cast members coming on board
3: yeah, we have uh, uh, two new female additions to the cast, which is a pretty big deal in the Star Wars universe. Anyone who's a fan of the movies knows that it's lacking in female characters. Uh, Lupita Nyongo, who just won an Academy Award for 12 Years a Slave, uh, and everyone's been raving about her acting, her fashion sense, you know, her grace, everything about her. She has been added to the cast after a a month or so of rumors. And uh, another addition, is it Gwendolyn? Gwendolyn Christie. Gwendolyn Christie. From Game of
1: Thrones. And I I don't watch Game of Thrones. I've been meaning to kind of go and uh, I'm sure there are people out there listening. They're like, for shame, you call yourself pop culture guys and you don't watch Game of Thrones. But I don't. I've been meaning to go back and uh, start with season one and, and catch up. So I don't really know her. Um, but exciting uh, you know she 's quite a, a specimen from what I hear, uh, so uh, no shortage now of, of strong female actresses and strong female characters you would think
3: when you say quite a specimen i don 't know if that sounds a little insulting or demeaning she 's six foot three <laughs> so she is a physical specimen, and you know she could do an, any number of things in that Star Wars universe, who knows. Uh, So, you know, that's pretty exciting, added to the cast of uh, returning cast members, new cast members. Uh, In other news, uh, and we don't talk about this a lot on the show, but in the world of gaming, um, the Wii U is a console that we have in my household and has been basically uh, killing Nintendo. New game came out last week. We got it the day it came out. My sons and I uh, are playing Mario Kart 8. And by the way, this is one of the few console games where I can actually be competitive with them. Uh, you know, I don't have to. They, they give me charity in a lot of the games and let me try to win. This is one where I can compete. Well, the deal is that uh, the Wii U has been lagging behind PS4 and the Xbox One, and uh, third-game publishers stop making games. My kids are very unhappy that they can't get their sports games. This game is terrific. It's been reviewed great. I've played it, and it's a lot of fun. And the question now is, will it save the Wii U in, to any degree, or is it really just too late? You know, it's set records for uh, for sales for this console. Uh, have you done any video gaming lately, Ken? No.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, it's funny. I I, I guess the way video games kind of changed. Um, you know, I I. I've, I'll play the Wii every now and again, but the real basic Wii stuff, I, I like the bowl on the Wii. Oh, sure. I, I'm just a big kind of, you know, with, with video games, the way they evolved over the years, there's a lot of thinking. And, and I, I, I try not to think too much in general, but <laughs> especially when I'm doing stuff that's supposed to be a recreational activity. And, and I miss the days of it. Like, I, I miss Space Invaders. I mean, you know, it's it's simple. It just you know, bam, 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 and they they go across the screen, and and you, pew, pew, and they, you know, that, that it, that's the way it was, went, right? It, it's exactly how it <laughs> went, and it, it was it was it was a simpler time, and that's that was just. I, I don't know. It might sound silly, but I I actually found an, an app with a game that was kind of close to Space Invaders, and I've I, I've been playing that. Okay. So uh, that that's been fun. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I just I I don't know. Like once once I got into like finding codes and and you know you got you need to know this and try this and and hit hit A and hold down A but and then press B really quickly and then this this crap will happen. Like I just it's not my cup of tea. So I, I haven't played a lot of those newer games. I'm sounding really old
3: right now. No, you know I I'm there with you, especially with the codes and the hidden stuff. It's funny you mention that. You know, I found an app, uh, which is Activision's greatest hits, and I, I can play Kaboom and Mega Mania and some of my favorite, Pitfall, some of these great things. I had the Atari 2600. Yes. I had a Commodore 64, which was basically didn't do much except, you know, play games on it. Um, I had this amazing unknown console called a Vectrex, but I did not have another video game console for that for a very long time. I do remember that you had uh, the Nintendo Entertainment System. I did. And I tried playing Super Mario Brothers at your house. That was maybe the first game where there was stuff hiding all over the place that wasn't on the screen. And it frustrated me to death because you could jump here and in the sky and a, a coin box would appear yes. or whatever. So I, that was the beginning of the end for me until uh, my kids became obsessed with Nintendo. Yeah, I mean, I I used to enjoy Super
1: Mario Bros., but Joy, I mean, I used to play games where I would just, like, I'd
3: put on Super Mario Bros., and I'd just
1: just keep jumping. (laughs) I just would jump the game away until, like, my head would bang into something that would, like, be worth something. That's one way to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, it's funny to each his own. I mean, I know it's a, I don't know, it's a big industry, obviously, but it's it's just, it's not my cup of tea.
3: No, you know, app sales are surpassing everything else at this point. I mean consoles may be dying out overall. Uh, you know, right now, like I said, it's it's Sony and it's Microsoft and Nintendo is falling behind, but apps, whether it's on your phone, your iPad, your Android, whatever, that's really where the money is. And it's funny because to me it seems like so much out there is free, but there's a lot of money being spent on, you know, these sometimes simple, sometimes very involved things that you can play on the go, pull out of your pocket when you're waiting online. And, you know, have a go at a video game. Yeah, I'm a big fan,
1: actually, of Fruit Ninja. Fruit Ninja is just, you know, it's, for a minute I just slice flying fruit and try not to hit a bomb. That's, that's good.
3: That's a good one. I enjoy Fruit Ninja. You know, there are a couple of other ones. I was an Angry Birds guy, especially when they came out with Star Wars Angry Birds, you know, combining two of my favorite things, universes clashing. That was great. Yeah, and it, the simple stuff, you know, stuff where you you launch something, you swipe on the screen. Actually, I love this game called Jetpack Joyride, which is all you need to do is put one finger on the screen anywhere and lift it off. And either your guy with the jetpack goes up when you tug or he goes down when you let go. There's a lot more going on on the screen, but it's a one-finger game, and it's it's a hell of a lot of fun, but you – don't need to move. You can literally be the laziest person in the world <laughs> and still have success at that game. It's Stephen Hawkins' favorite game. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, blow into the tube? Don't blow into the tube. That's horrible. That
1: was, that was bad. Sorry, Steve. Um, anyway,
3: and the other thing, actually,
1: as we're hitting like some of the news items that are occurring in pop culture, um, interesting, you know, and we don't hit this much, but there's just so many aspects of pop culture, and we felt we had to hit this um, because it's go- we think it's, it's going to bleed over as the, the NHL and the NBA playoffs uh, begin and, you know, the, the finals are beginning at the same time. And it's a good time of year to be a sports fan with both those uh, sports uh, hitting their finals at the same time. Lots of big markets. I mean, you got Miami, New York, and Los Angeles involved in, in these finals. So you got three major markets. Um, you know, I'm not going to call San Antonio – a large market, but it's Texas. Right. Um, you got a, a, you know, borderline. I, 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 people like debate this. I mean, I think you got to say like San Antonio Spurs. Like this era is kind of, is a dynasty. That's the best you, uh, you know, the closest and, you come. And people like want to debate if it's. I mean, four championships. They've been relevant for what sixteen, seventeen years. Right. Uh, I mean, that's that's damn near close to to a dynasty. Um, Rematch of last year's finals, so there's lots of stories surrounding that. LeBron James, the best player on the planet. Uh, Revenge factor, if you're a basketball fan, you know that for all intents and purposes, San Antonio let last year's finals get away from them. They really honestly should have clinched it in Game 6. They let it get away. Miami wins the championship. It was San Antonio's mantra all year. They wanted to get back there. They wanted to get back, you know, revenge on Miami Lots of storylines surrounding that series. And then in, in the NHL, you got the Rangers, no cup in 20 years, versus the Kings. I mean, could you get two bigger markets? So you have a lot of stuff in, in the sports realm
3: that look like they're going to bleed over into the, the pop culture world. Yeah, you know, part of that bleeding is being in the probably three biggest celebrity markets in the country. Obviously, you can't compete with uh, New York and L.A., as far as the size of the market. But then, we're not talking about Chicago, Philadelphia. You know, you can move around the country and find big markets. But we're talking about Miami, and that's probably number three on the list of where the celebs hang out. So you can turn on any one of these games and find people in the front row who you recognize. And, and that's a big crossover between sports and, and what we do here. Not to say that sports is not pop culture in general, but now we have this this crossover. You know, Spike Lee, who is the world's biggest Knicks fan, has been seen at a lot of Rangers games, uh, a lot of L.A. people at the Kings games, David Beckham and Vince Vaughn, you know, kind of typifying L.A. You've got musicians all over the place at the Heat games. You know, a lot of people like Rihanna and the Bieber and, and Will Smith hanging out in Miami. So you have this crossover and uh, you know, for me, the Rangers, as you said, not having been uh, in the finals in 20 years brings back memories of that summer 20 years ago when the Knicks and Rangers were in the finals at the same time. And you know, this year they're literally starting a day apart, and they overlap completely. Every other day is a game, uh, but it's it's bringing back great memories for me, and I'm hoping to make great memories again 20 years later with the Rangers. Obviously, I'm a fan. But they should be exciting series, and if you're a sports fan, it's great to have that, hey, big game every day for a couple of weeks. Yeah, and it's funny,
1: because I'm I'm not a hockey fan. Um, I've always said, uh, you know, if if I watch hockey, I'm a Rangers fan, but I don't really watch a lot of hockey. Uh, As a kid, I went to a Rangers practice, and Pierre LaRouche threw me a puck, and then I was like, I'm a Rangers fan, because I I have a Rangers puck from Pierre LaRouche. (laughs) And uh, i gotta, I got to find him. i got to find him and have him autograph my puck. <laughs> Whereas, Pierre LaRouche, if you're listening. Um, but I'm kind of excited. It's funny because when I look back at 94, you know, and it's interesting, you know, being, uh, you know, 20 years. I remember being in my college dorm uh, watching the, the Stanley Cup finals. And, and to, to put it out there, like how far technology has come in a relatively short amount of time. I don't remember what station it was on, okay. but I remember not really getting it, and it really wasn't coming in. I remember being in my dorm room, like, like basically like watching it through the snow on, on, on the TV and, and trying to get it in my dorm room, and I really wasn't getting the best signal. And, uh, but I sat there and watched it. I sat there and, and watched the, uh, you know, most of the games. I definitely watched the, the clinching game. Um, so it's interesting now how you know technology and media and everything. I mean, you know, if you want to watch it, there's no way to miss it. I mean, it's on every. You can watch it on your computers. You can watch it on your tablets. You can probably watch it on your phones. Go out to a bar. It's it's going to be everywhere. So it's, you know, that kind of sticks in my head as far as thinking about me watching the Rangers in the Stanley Cup Finals 20 years ago. And, and getting to watch them now, I like the fact that there's a lot of you know interesting storylines in both these series. Um, you know, you're more of a hockey guy than I am. What are your thoughts uh, on the Stanley Cup Finals?
3: You know, I am a big Rangers fan. I don't watch a lot of the Western Conference games because the Rangers aren't out there that much. It's not a sport where I'll watch any game that's on. That's baseball and football for me. You put a game on, and I'll be happy to watch. Hockey, I'm watching the Rangers and, you know, the Devils on occasion. We get those games here. So I don't know the West. I know that the Rangers are the underdog. I know that they're happy to be the underdog. Um, It's not like 94 where they were heavy favorites. Uh, You know, the Knicks were uh, a team that seemed to be a team of destiny and were blocked by Michael Jordan's bulls back then. They finally got to the finals and lost to the Rockets that year. I may be throwing too much sports out here at you. You know, I can, I can go another way. In 94, if you recall, we had the Rangers win the Stanley Cup. The Knicks were still trying to win a championship, and I was at a bar watching uh, one of those later games in the Knicks series when all of a sudden we got an image of a white Bronco on the L.A. freeway. That's
1: right. I, I do remember that night.
3: Yeah. That was uh, that was crazy to interrupt the finals on whatever network it was on, and that one you could get in your dorm room. You know that was it, the basketball, so that wasn't hockey. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden we had the OJ chase, and so that made it even more memorable for me. Uh, you oh, know, was that
1: O'Toole's in Spring Valley?
3: That's where we right. were.
1: It's not there anymore, but uh, uh, yeah, wow, I do remember that. We're all and it, and it was weird for that sort of night, like the bar went silent.
3: Oh well, we didn't know what was going on at first, and then we had to hear what was what was happening uh and that went on for a long time that wasn't a chase they were you know they were driving pretty slow and just being followed by the choppers and the cops and the whole thing
1: i just remember that chase where like he finally got home and i remember that the reporter said that that oj went inside he had a glass of orange juice and then <laughs> and i remember thinking does anyone else find this funny like, <laughs> O.J. had to get O.J. after like this whole chase was over. Anyone else? But uh, we digress. But that is that's interesting. That is one of, I mean, you're looking at pop culture, one right. of the most iconic moments in the history of, of, of pop culture. And, and uh, yeah, happening during that, that 94 uh, sports final season.
3: Yeah, you know, a lot going on. Sports is a big part of our, uh, our landscape, and like we said, it does bleed over into pop culture. You know, another part of pop culture that we haven't really addressed on this show, but uh, something I enjoy greatly, I, I know that Ken does too, and we have put the questions out there to you on Facebook as well. Uh, go to our Facebook page at TKRS Presents Pop Life, and tell us what you think about stand-up comedy. Because I'm a big fan of stand-up, and uh, I have been for a long time. I have my favorites, and we asked you about yours. And uh, Ken, why don't you tell us some of the things we've heard from our fans?
1: Well, we had our friend Dank was was on there, and uh, he told us that he doesn't like Norm MacDonald, um, but he, he likes Mitch Hedberg, Carlos Mencia, uh, Jeff Dunham, and Gabriel Iglesias. And uh, Mike Farah said his least favorite is Jerry Seinfeld. And let's see, there's one more. And Mike Farah also says, as far as his favorites, George Carlin, Louis C.K., Dana Carvey, and Sarah Silverman. So, uh, you know, interesting lists right there. Um, You know, it's funny. Let's let's get into it. Let's dissect these lists a little bit. Uh, With Dank right away, it's funny. And I guess I I get people who don't like him, but I dig Norm McDonald. Uh, He's a guy that it's. His jokes are good, but it's more his delivery. He's a delivery guy. It's almost like uh, Brian Regan. Right. It, it's, a, it's similar that it's not so much the jokes they're writing, but how they deliver these jokes. It's, it's their personality. Uh, when you, if you're quoting one of their routines, you almost have to do it in their voice. Um, so I like Norm MacDonald, but I guess I could see where someone might find him annoying, but, but I dig him.
3: Yeah, I do too. But I I haven't seen that much stand-up from him. Uh, You know, he did his shtick as the host of Weekend Update on SNL, which is getting close to stand-up comedy. I saw a special uh, way back in the 90s that I, I completely loved. But, you know, it is, like you said, it's his character, it's delivery. The place I've seen him the most lately is on some of the Comedy Central roasts. And sometimes he'll just take a gimmick and... And it's very odd at first where he's trying to be intentionally horribly unfunny or he's, you know, picking on a particular person. I loved him when I saw him back in the day. Um, you know, one of those guys who uh not one of the all time greats, but to me someone who had that one great half hour or hour that you watched on T V.
1: Agreed. and you know, an interesting debate because I'm gonna tell you right now, I kind of agree with Mike Ferrara and this is where you know, Todd and I agree on a lot, but why, let's, let's get into it right now. I'm right there with Mike Farah. I've got to say, I think Jerry Seinfeld might be um, the most overrated stand-up, uh, perhaps in the history of stand-up. I, I, you know, maybe one or two routines or one or two like segments of routines I have found funny. Um, I don't ever really find myself laughing at Jerry Seinfeld. I might smile. I might chuckle, but to really get that like belly laugh that you want to see out of a stand-up routine, I don't get that out of Jerry Seinfeld. I really don't. And on top of that, anything I've seen out of him since the show, uh, I feel like he's gotten kind of lazy, and it's almost like he walks out on stage and thinks, I could take a dump and people are going to find me funny. Uh, I, I just... I don't know. I'm I'm right there with you, Mike, uh, on, on Seinfeld, but Todd, I know you're you're a bit of a fan. So, uh, your thoughts on Jerry Seinfeld?
3: Yeah, you know when you said on our show that you weren't a fan of his sitcom, I kind of get it. I love the Seinfeld TV show, but I can understand where it might not be everyone's thing, not everyone's cup of tea. I am surprised that there are people who are not fans of his stand-up, especially you know people who enjoy. Stand-up comedy in general because I find him hilarious. He's, you know, kind of the the name in that observational humor thing, and I think he's terrific. You know, and uh, I've seen him more recently. First, I remember he did a, a special, I believe it was called "I'm Telling You for the Last Time," where he did a lot of his old stuff. Then he came out with a special with with uh, new jokes, and I enjoyed it just as much. So you know, big fan of his. Another person I'm a big fan of. And it was mentioned by, and I don't know if it was Mike, uh, I think it was uh, Louis C.K. I think that he is probably the best stand-up comic uh, working today, and not even by a little bit. I, I, you know, have a number of people I'm fans of who are doing stand-up right now, but I think he is far and away the best. He doesn't, he rarely does a routine, even a part of a routine, a bit that is not hysterical, and. Uh, I, I love him everywhere I see him, whether it's the little bits on his TV show or a uh, full special, I think he's just outstanding.
1: I, I, I would wholeheartedly, as we have our our little spat, our little Seinfeld spat, we're back <laughs> on uh, agreeing with, yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you on all points. I think, I don't even think it's debatable right now who the best stand-up comic is out there, and, and you know, he, he's slowly but surely moving into that uh all-time great category. Uh, the one thing I do like about him, I mean, there's a lot of stand-ups that, you know, and rightfully so. I mean, you find something that works. You know, guys come up with, with different routines, but they kind of work in some old stuff. Maybe they have an hour special and they take a, a you know, a five-minute routine from an older thing and they bring it back in. You know, they, they, you know Louis C.K. is a guy that he, he has said in interviews that he throws out everything, everything at right. the end of the year and starts fresh and he continues to knock it out of the park i mean every time you see him he's hysterical and you know what i have found as, as i've gotten older and as we we continue this conversation and i do want to get into you into with you about how stand-up has evolved over the years but there are less and less stand-up comics that i i thoroughly enjoy and you know he's a guy that you know, if I know he's coming out with a new special, I'm going to make sure I watch it because he's just that good. He's really just incredible.
3: Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, the the people that I feel that way about now are dwindling. Uh, you know, if one of the all-time greats, one of those classic guys is going to come up with something new. I'd be there, but we don't see that as often. I'll tell you who I love right now is Dave Attell. Uh, he had one of those perfect half hours on Comedy Central. But that wasn't it. I think that he's been great every time I've seen him. Daniel Tosh, who is a Comedy Central staple at this point. But if you only know him from his show, check out his stand-up. He has two incredible hours that have been on TV. Those are two guys that I love. Sarah Silverman is uh, is definitely at the top of my list. Um, Jim Gaffigan. So those, those are some of my favorites right now. And also... Mentioned by uh, one of our listeners, Mitch Hedberg. Unfortunately, you know we lost him too soon. He was terrific every time I saw him, and I'm sure that you know he still would be if he was around because that guy was hilarious. It, talk about someone who was all about delivery. I mean, he his jokes were jokes. And, you know, they were one off just jokes, but it was the way he told them, and uh, he was just a master of what he did.
1: True, I'm a big fan. i uh, actually actually um, Louis Black. I like Louis Black a lot. Um, You know, it's interesting. I like Kevin Hart also. I think Kevin Hart uh, is real good. It's funny with some of these comics, because Kevin Hart is one of those guys that I I think I find him funnier in interviews than his actual stand-up. And and it's interesting how, you know, when he actually prepares something, you know, it's not as good as when it it seems like he's kind of flying off the cuff. I mean, there's there's an interview with uh, him on... I think it was Leno. I'm trying to remember. I, I'm almost positive it was Leno. And it was Leno, uh, Justin Timberlake, Kevin Hart, and uh, Kevin Hart was busting on Shaq, and Shaq actually walked on from uh, from the back. And I, I mean, go to YouTube right now. Go and check out like Kevin Hart, Justin Timberlake, Shaq. You'll find it. It's hilarious. Sure. Um, I've watched his stand-up. It, like, I find it really funny in parts. Um, But I I enjoy him more like when I see him in interview segments. But I I find it interesting with stand-up comedy. And I'm curious your thoughts because I've been a a proponent and I've pounded my chest and then just said, you know, that stand-up comedy just isn't as good as it once was. And, and, you know, just comics suck now. There's only a a few, like, good ones. And, you know, the list that our, our fans have brought up, I mean, I like Jeff Dunham too. But just like, oh, it's just not as good. And, and at one point, I, you know, I, I kind of pulled back and just thought, you know, maybe I'm being a little too harsh. And is it the fact that stand-up comedy is, is bad now or limited now or there's limited talent now? Or is it just the fact that maybe we got a little spoiled growing up? Maybe the age that we're at where we grew up when we first started – I mean, when I first started watching stand-up comedy – I was watching Robin Williams and Billy Crystal and Bill Cosby and, uh, you know, sneaking to see Eddie Murphy. Right,
3: George um, Carlin. George
1: Carl. I mean, these are guys like absolute legends. They're all around, at, at, you know, at around the same time. And that's how, like, our perception as, as young formative, formative, forming minds was these guys, this is what stand-up comedy is. Like, when you go in. Like for us, it wasn't something special. This was when you watched Bill Cosby himself; that was the norm. Like a special like that was the norm. Like now I look back on it and realize it's brilliant. I, I mean, I've had days. We've all had those days. You have those hangover days where you like you you you're in bed and you're like I'm not getting out of bed. I got nothing to do. I'm not getting out of bed. And I've had those those Saturdays where you know we we watched a, a marathon of what's happening. Uh, one, once I watched all five Planet of the Apes movies But there was one, one morning uh, Like two years ago Where Bill Cosby himself Happened to be on cable uh, Just as we woke up And I was like you know what I don't feel like getting up Let's watch it And my sides hurt I was laughing so hard And for a routine to be able to hold up for that long And one that you know and have seen before Yeah I, and borderline I could almost Like recite the jokes as they're coming and i'm still cracking up. And so is it that comics like did you know am i perhaps judging comics of today
3: too harshly and we just got really spoiled growing up? No, i i don't think so because when we were much younger everybody that you saw was probably one of the funniest people on the planet. It took a lot for you to get a full hour special or an album. I was someone who owned comedy albums. I had albums by uh, George Carlin, Eddie Murphy, Billy Crystal. I own Bill Cosby himself. Uh, so that was the age when everybody was just a great. Then I think what happened was we had another era of seeing a lot of great comics, but it was because so many people were getting uh, exposure. The comedy clubs popping up everywhere, more and more people. Comedy Central is a network coming on and, and exposing you. If you remember the MTV half-hour comedy hour so a lot more people were getting a shot, whereas now I think that you know, it's dwindled to the point that less people get their shot. And that just means that there are probably, just by circumstance, people toiling away in clubs in cities all over the place that might be outstanding, might be hilarious, but just haven't gotten that shot in the seventies and early eighties it was the funniest people around and then the eighties into the early nineties I think you got so many people that you could pick and choose the one who did you think was funny and you forget the other ones but you remember people who had that one great special, people like you know, if I say John Panette, what do you think, Ken? You here for hour, you go home now. One of those guys, Kevin Meany. I'll never forget Kevin Meany doing his We Are the World and impersonating yes. Everybody on the song, you know, um, there were some of those people that just had that Oh, emo Phillips who was pretty funny for a while, you know, a couple of great specials. So you could just find the people who cater to your taste. And now, you know, there's just not as much. And so the people who are out there, maybe they're not all, uh, your style of comedy. Maybe they're just not as funny as the people back then and maybe it's because there are those people who haven't been discovered. Uh you know, I wonder how many comics now are doing it because they want to get a sitcom as opposed to being a stand up. And that's not really the way to go about it. They're two different, you know, creatures altogether.
1: Yeah, and that, you know, like the in back in the day, the sitcoms happened by accident. Right. You know, they they did their routine and then it's like, "Hey, we we could do something with this." And then it kind of It evolved into a sitcom, and you're right. You know, I think one of the faults right now at comedy, and I think when you when you go back, uh, there are comics that are can be very funny for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Right. It takes, in my humble opinion, it takes something special to do an hour, and sometimes I think that the hour does a disservice. For certain stand-up comics where they'd be really good if they did a, a much shorter routine. The one guy that always comes to mind when I, is, is Chris Rock. Okay. And, uh, you know, I think he's got some funny stuff. But after an hour, it's like, oh, here we go. I mean, that's like the, the whole like, Chris Rock pattern. Talk softly, talk, raise your voice a little bit, raise your voice a little bit, and then scream the punchline. And, and you, you go through that for an hour, and it's just like, oh, God, like just just please get him off the stage. But if he took his best moments from that hour and put together like a 20-minute routine, it would probably kick ass.
3: And you may be being a little unfair because you did say a lot of comics are about their delivery. And I think Chris Rock has great material. I know his delivery could be grating. Uh, You know, I'm with you there, but I think that his material is really funny. I've loved his hour-long specials, uh, one or two more than others, uh, but there were a couple that I absolutely loved. I mean, there are other people I've seen very recently uh, do a full-on hour and I thought were hilarious all the way through. I don't know if you've seen any of these, uh, but Patton Oswalt is one. Anthony Jeselnik is another. Those two guys stand out in my mind as... Wow, a really solid hour. Very different styles. Uh, Jesselnick is is God. He's terrible. I mean, he's so offensive, but he does it in a way that you, do, you can't take offense. And I I enjoyed him start to finish. Uh, I don't know if there's anyone else that you feel that way about Brian Posehn. I now mean, that special it was a few years old already, but he was hilarious start to finish. And he's one of the nerdiest comics. If you don't know who he is, he's that gigantic. Freak of a guy who's been on Guested on sitcoms And uh his stand-up is hilarious Is there anyone else that you really like now?
1: You know, there's not a lot also. I mean, it's it's Louis Back, Black And Louis C. are the two guys that I really enjoy You know what I have found recently You know, the, the past few years uh, You know, a number of guys that I really enjoy And I'm really Optimistic And then the second time I see him, It's like, uh, they just they 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 hit the home run like Cad Williams was someone that his Pimp Chronicles Part One I I loved I I just I laughed almost start to finish I thought it was incredible I don't understand why Comedy Central continues to air that routine because they have to, they literally have to bleep out every other word it's right. the dumbest thing on TV to to watch that routine on Comedy Central because i remember seeing that it was gonna air I'm like I'll watch it. Maybe they have some special dispensation because it's later on at night, and no, they, they had to bleep out literally every other word, but I found it hilarious. Then I saw another routine of his, and it just it didn't do it for me at all. Same with a, a few going a few years back, Dane Cook, I thought Dane Cook's vicious circle was unbelievable. I thought it was a like borderline brilliant routine. Next time I saw him like, "Wow, this guy's just too full of himself, and, right. and it's just not funny anymore. So I, it, there's a lot of guys. Like that now, that I'll, I'll find really funny once, and you know they just don't do it for me a, a second time. I do like Gabriel Iglesias. Uh, I, I I think he's he's funny. um You know there aren't really any other guys that really kind of jump out at me right now. Again, the two Louis. Lu, Louis, Louis C.K. and Louis Black are the guys, and you know Louis Black has been around for a, a while, but those are guys that if I know that they're coming out with a new routine. I'll make sure I see it. I still like the classics. You know, I want to see, I haven't seen it, but I want to see Bill Cosby's uh, new one. I, I know we kind of differ on Robin Williams. I still love Robin Williams. Um, you know, I'll still watch uh, his routine. So, um, you know, those are guys, but you know, it's funny. Robin Williams is another guy that, you know, I saw him, I don't know if you saw a few years back when he was on uh, Inside the Actor Studio. I did not. That was brilliant. And that was almost, again, like I was saying, Kevin Hart is better in interviews. Like, that was funnier than some of the new routines Robin Williams has done. In fact, they had to, they made it a two parter because they didn't want to cut out any of the the material was so funny that they're like, we we can't like make it an hour. We have to make it a two hour show. Um, So I'll I'll still, any of the, the older guys that I was a fan of, you know, I'll I'll still watch them if I know they're coming around, but there aren't a lot of new guys that I make sure I, I I'm going to see. And it's funny because it's not like new guys. I mean, I love Brian Regan, but Brian Regan's been around for a while, and I, I still enjoy him. But it,
3: it's he's not from you know way back when. But I can't call him a new guy. No, but you know he is because he's still performing at least on a regular basis. He hasn't moved on to something else or retired. Like uh, you know, Steve Martin was great. Right? He's just done with it. Um, you know, Sam Kinison is not with us anymore. Andy Kaufman, guys like that. Uh, Brian Regan is still out there working. The funny thing is, I saw him live. He did new material. He did some old material. The problem was, and he was getting frustrated, but I guess used to it, people in the audience would shout out, you know, do the spelling bee routine. (laughs) And he would say, okay. And he would start to do it. And then the people in the crowd would start doing his punchlines. So he said, what am I doing here? So, you know, that's why Louis C.K. is great in, in throwing everything out and starting fresh. Sometimes you want to see those old routines, and some of them are classic. I was surprised about what you said about Cat Williams, uh, only the censorship part of it, because I don't know when it was that you saw him, but um, Comedy Central has become more and more pushing the envelope as far as what they'll air, especially late at night. They have a new series with, like I said, one of my favorites, Dave Attell. He hosts something new called Comedy Underground with Dave Attell. It's on maybe one in the morning on a Saturday, something like that. And it's specifically a showcase for dirty, raunchy, wrong comics. And they will say pretty much anything on that show. Um, More than, you know, there were certain words they would bleep but let go a lot recently. Uh, This one will just go all out anything. And, you know, not just the words but the content too. And uh, sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're not. But they've certainly – Kind of loosen their their censorship rules.
1: I don't know. I, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, so I mean, maybe it's it's really recently they're loosening things up. But yeah, it was. I mean, that, you watch that routine. I mean, it's f word, n word, f word, n word, s word. I mean, it's you know, you he really doesn't. I mean, there, there's you know, he uses every. I mean, if he needs a noun, a verb, an adverb, he uses the f word. I mean, he just uses that for every form of speech. So. But again, I like that routine. I just didn't like anything else he did. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. Lots of stuff we hit so far. We hit some news, the sports, talking stand-up comedy. I'd love to know what you guys think. And we're going to go out to the phones right now because we got Mike on the line. Mike, how are you doing tonight?
2: Hey guys, I love your show. It's a great. It's this is a great topic. Stand-up com- comedy. Um, Mike, I guess we're all around the same age. I grew up with it. Um, I. So, so you were saying, Ken, you were saying we were talking about Louis C.K. I think he is the funniest guy right now. I think his expressions are great. I think the fact that we're in a dark age of comedy, so you never know what he's going to say. He's very dark. Um, so with that being said, definitely he's one of, he, he's one of my favorites right now.
1: I I totally agree with you. I mean, there's there are times. I mean, some of his routines I, I have to. I feel like I have to watch again because I'm laughing so hard I miss the joke. He he goes goes on after, and it's just his, his delivery. He's original. I mean, there was one routine he did uh, where he talked about how he talked about driving, and and the whole thing was. I, I am the worst possible version of myself right. when I am handling the most dangerous instrument I can handle. And and just the, the way he delivered it, I, I mean, it, it rang true because I, some of the road rage stuff I I saw in myself. And so he, he has that way of kind of ringing true. He's got this everyman quality. Uh, he's got a, a an interesting delivery, and, and his take on, on life is just... Uh, very intriguing and it, it's kind of thought provoking and funny at the same time. I, I agree with you. I, and like Todd said, I, I think it's a wide gap. I, I think right now there's, there's Louis CK and whoever you
3: want to name is second place right now. It, is a long way off of Louis CK. You know what else is great? I've seen him do a half hour about his family and his kids. I've seen him do a half hour of poop and fart jokes. I've seen him do that observational stuff, like you said, about driving, you know, uh, about people. God, he had this hilarious thing about – actually, it was about the use of the word hilarious and the way that people overuse it. So, you know, shame on me for saying it. Uh, But, you know, he can really just swing back and forth, whether it's within the same routine or, you know, different specials. But he's been all over the place, and he really – he knocks it out of the park every time. Yeah, well, okay.
2: Louis the Louis CK um one of my favorites is uh is the stand up that he did on HBO um called Shameless. That DVD I have it. And on the DVD it has like a half an hour when he was younger, he did an HBO special and he was and, and he was right on. But the stuff that he talked about in Shameless was just was just the the best stuff, um the best stuff, you know. It 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 just you couldn't you couldn't top that and then of course he had hilarious and chewed up. And also he had that show Lucky Louie and I like Lucky Louie. I thought that show was great. I thought the comedians on that show was great. Um you know, I, I thought the cast was great, but again, you know, HBO being what it was, they didn't like it. And uh and, you know, and now he has his own show which if you guys are on my Facebook, I put him his stuff up all the time. I watch Louie all the time. He's on FX now. If you guys haven't seen the show, or your fans haven't seen the show, another another great show. It's in season four, and he deals. He talks. You know, his topics are really about his kids, and about his his meetings, and, and his, you know his family and brother. And it's just a great show. And, and his uh, you know, his lust for life, and, and how he is. You know, it's it's just a it's just a great he's just a great um, com- comedian. Like Mike,
3: more that that show is one of the best shows on TV, and it's so hard to categorize because it's funny at times, it's poignant at times. You you don't even know what you're looking at. Sometimes he's got a half hour that's just kind of surreal at times, like that episode. Yeah, where,
2: you don't know, right? It, well, sorry, go ahead, Tom.
3: No, the the one where he was entertaining the troops was very odd. Uh, You know, he had dark stuff with uh with girlfriends last season. The, one of the funniest things I've seen lately was the opening scene of this new season where he was sleeping and the garbage truck was outside. If you know <laughs> what I'm about, you, you that was think funny. It, if you haven't, check it out because that was just outstanding. Yeah, that, one of the best guys around, and the show is great too. That's the thing though that, that that kills me about his show. I love his show as
1: well. However, there are times where like I'll come home and it's like. You know what? Like what's on the D V R and let's let's just watch something lighthearted and funny and we'll make the mistake of putting on Louie and you know, it happens to be one of those dark episodes where we're like, Yeah, okay, now I'm more depressed than I was before I started watching. But you're right, I like, agree you know, what I what I'd call that show. I mean, I guess because it's a half hour and it's a stand up comic, I mean people would call it a comedy, but it, it's so much more than that. Right.
2: No, it's drama. That's the thing. Like when his kid, his kid went missing. I mean, um, you know, off the train. I mean, you got. I, I got nervous. I got scared. It's like, uh, and I'm like, this is not, You know, this is this is you know, this is drama stuff. Um, one of the funniest things I I, I found, which was was um, it, it, you know, him and Robert Kelly. Robert Kelly is another good comedian. I always I I like Robert Kelly. Um, him and Robert Kelly, doing the 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 bang bang. If he, it's just the funniest thing how they go out to another restaurant and you go to another restaurant and and just the funniest things like that. And he's like, "Don't tell the waitress what we're doing out here. Don't you know? Don't you know?" And and it's just like you know, I, I understand what you're saying, though, know, Ken. You know, sometimes you don't know whether it's funny. I you know, some things are just um, some things are just uh, just just funny. And on that note.
1: I'm curious. Like, I mean, we're we're all like it's all of a sudden it's a Louis C.K. love fest, um, and we all are big fans. But I'm curious, like what are some other other comics you, you dig, Mike?
2: Okay, when, well, I'll tell you. When I was a little boy, I used to sneak down and I used to watch Eddie Murphy Raw, And my dad, and and my dad, my dad. Um, when I told my dad this later, he goes, "How do you think? How do you think he goes? You got to sneak down." He goes, "I was such a light sleeper." I knew you were what you were watching. He goes and I was laughing at it. Um, I you, like you said, Todd, about the tapes. My dad had a Red Fox tape. I listened wow. to Red Fox because I used to watch Sanford and Son, and Red Fox was so dirty and, and and racist, but he was funny. And you know, um, I got to see George Colin. George Colin was was my my favorite when I was a teenager, and I got to see him twice and. His stand up obviously was just was just great, and you then you were talking about Bill Cosby love Bill Cosby, think he's really funny think i i, I love i love his I love his stuff about his wife when he came home and his, let the beatings begin and all this stuff and then look what happened it went on to the Cosby show so there there are so many great comedians dana carvey dana carvey's special the the the, 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 the just the funniest things. His, his impressions of all the presidents and, and um, John Travolta. Like to be the lemon. It's just the funniest stuff. It's just the funniest stuff. You know. You know. Squatting monkeys telling all lies. It's like who who thinks these things? Him doing Annie Rooney. Hi, I'm Annie Rooney, and this is Spunker. It's, it's like, you know, it's like the be, the, the best stuff. Um, I... So those are my those are my comedians.
3: I saw Dana carvey in vegas uh i don't know fifteen years ago or something um uh and he I happened to be sitting in the front and i he talked to me, one of his you know people he picked out in the audience, so I was lucky awesome. in that uh he he did a whole thing on my lack of a new york accent which I, I don't know if any of you out there would agree or disagree <laughs> uh but he was hilarious, and uh, he did it all from his own sketch show to uh, SNL, obviously, and and then stand-up. Yeah, he was one of my favorites, and uh, he was one that, no matter when I tuned in, he, he didn't uh, fail to to make me laugh.
1: Yeah, a guy who somehow, you know, kind of, you know, I guess never found his niche or kind of felt... I always enjoyed him, too. I, I always in, uh, loved Dana Carvey's stand-up, and like you were saying, Mike, I oh, loved all the impressions, and you know, I, I thought Dana Carvey was one of those guys that was—he was so good because he didn't really do straightforward impressions. It was like he did impressions that were through the Dana Carvey filter, and they were so good. Like people weren't doing Bush impressions; people right. were doing impressions of Dana Carvey doing Bush. Yeah,
3: you don't remember what Ross Perot sounds like. No, You're you
1: don't. You remember what Dana Carvey sounded like doing Ross Perot, and and that's. That's what I loved about Dana Carvey's impressions. Like they weren't those head-on impressions. It wasn't like going back to like Rich Little, who really tried to nail the, the person to a T. Dana Carvey kind of took, like, took some nuances and was true to the person, but kind of gave it his own spin. And I always really enjoyed what he was able to do with that. But a guy that never really totally found his niche coming out of
2: Saturday Night Live. No, I think that can can I finish, Larry? Can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? (laughs) Can I? Can I finish, Larry? Can I finish? (laughs) I used to love when that that special that he did in 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 like '95 was was just the funniest thing of him going on a rant, and then he's like, um, I like when he said he stayed over at the White House, and um, he's like, um, until he met George Bush, and George Bush said, um. Well, would you like to do me? I hear you do a great me. And he says, oh, yeah, I'll order a Moochoo chicken. It's just so fun.
3: <laughs> you know, and he didn't even get to do everybody. Like, he did a great Bill Clinton, but, you know, someone else had staked his claim. And uh, he was obviously doing a rival in Bush. But he could really do impressions of just about anybody in stand-up. I saw him do people that ooh, you didn't even ooh. see in his sketch comedy. Uh, terrific. Great comedian.
2: Yeah, and, yeah, you know, and, and you know, and you know, um, you know. There's a show. I don't know if you got again. You guys should check this out. You guys, you, maybe you've seen it. It's called Inside Comedy with David Steinberg. Um, it's on Showtime, and they they t- he picks apart all the comedians. Like he'll have Louis C.K. with um, Bob Newhart, and they'll talk about you know their beginnings, and they'll talk about some of the things and why you got into it, and it's just interesting to watch. Um, to watch, uh, you know, some of these, some of these um, comedians and stuff. Hey, what do you guys think about Richard Klein?
3: Robert Klein. We're talking. Robert I mean, Klein. not
2: Richard Klein. I mean, I'm thinking about Richard Lewis. Um, Robert Klein. What do you guys think about Robert Klein?
3: He's great. I mean, he's a classic. Uh, he's, you know, been around for a long time, but he's still funny. I haven't seen him do uh, a full on comedy, you know, hour, half hour. I've seen him. Uh, Perform on talk shows, and I still think he's great.
2: There HBO plays a lot of his old. Um, HBO plays some of his stuff. That's how I've I seen him.
1: Well, Mike, thanks. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the continued support.
2: And uh, who knows what Listen, area I'm getting? I'm, I'm inviting all my friends to like you guys. I'm, I'm telling everybody to tune into your show, like I always do. You know me, Ken. Once I get on board with the show that I like and I'm comfortable with it, um. You know, and 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 this is a great topic for me because I'm I love the, the thing. Oh, before you let me go, just one on a note. Ann Davis, loved the Brady Bunch growing up like you guys, loved Ann Davis. Thought she did a great job as Alice. Thought her comedy was on par, and unfortunately now she's with Sam the Butcher. So.
1: All right. <laughs> thanks, Mike, and again thanks thanks for uh. Getting the word out there, and uh, you know, hopefully, we'll hit a, a topic you can sink your teeth into next month. Uh, we'll talk Man, to talk about
2: I I love it. I, I can't I can't wait. I can't wait. I already did a movie review for you guys. I, I love it. I, lo- I, I love it. TV shows, comedy, movies, you name it. That's my life.
3: Oh, thanks so much. We really appreciate the support. Thanks. thanks. We'll thank to you,
2: you, Todd. Thank Thank you. You guys are very insightful, and uh, and just keep on doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job.
1: Cool. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take it easy, man.
2: All right. No problem. Thank you. There you go, Mike. You know, it's funny because, like,
1: as we're talking about Dana Carvey, and it was interesting hitting Dana Carvey, I mean, I just remember thinking, like, as as his Bush impression evolved, it was right. like, you know, it started with, like, not going to do it. Not going to do it. And by the end, it was nah, God, <laughs> not got die, Not got die. It was like ba- there was barely any consonants in that phrase.
3: He uh, was, yeah. He did such caricatures of the people that uh, he impersonated. Uh, you know, and one of the great ones from, of course, one of my favorite shows, Saturday Night Live. Um, you know, now, and it's amazing to me. We we talked about how we had a golden age. We had the proliferation of comics. Uh, now we're in an age where we don't know if we really have as many great ones, or they're just undiscovered. Speaking of discovering comic talent. And I can't believe that this TV show is back again after God knows how many years, and it keeps going off for three, four years and coming back. Last Comic Standing is back on NBC this uh, this summer, and you know, as you can tell from the title, as you may know from watching it, it's a search for a uh, stand-up comedian. Winner gets uh, you know a special a development deal with NBC, and uh, I always enjoyed it because I love stand-up comedy, and you find a lot of great comics. They're doing two to five minutes so you really can't go too wrong they're gone if you don't like them so uh, i've been watching a lot of that uh this summer we have a couple of episodes already and uh my wife and i really enjoy it
1: i gotta get on that show i can be funny for two to five minutes uh
3: you, I, you definitely can you know i i can do it too to, it's just two to five is, is good you need a lot of two to fives to get to the end it's a good point <laughs>
1: Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. What do you guys want to talk about? We're hitting a lot of stuff tonight. We got Dank on the line. Dank, what's going on tonight?
4: Good evening, gentlemen. How are we doing tonight?
1: Nice. Doing All right. Talking a little. Talking a lot of stand-up comedy. What do you got for us?
4: Uh, a couple of topics. A uh, talking to um, comedy and B, my version of the movie review that I saw, which really let me down. But as far as stand-up comedy, um, I've always been a big fan, especially of like the older ones. Um, Having not been raised in the States, stand-up comedy is not really big in Europe. So when I moved here and I was introduced to it, I had a lot of catching up to do, especially when it came to the ones like Pryor, George Carlin, Cosby, Eddie Murphy. But... I got into it, and, like, I have to say, like, like, I don't know, like, the the kind of comedy, it really comes down, like, how it's portrayed. Um, like, Norm MacDonald, don't find him funny. I don't know why, and maybe it's, like you said, like, the way that he delivers his jokes, maybe if somebody else did the same jokes, I would find it more funny, but I don't know. I just find him, like, annoying. Uh, him, Andy Dick, um... I don't know if he ever did stand-up, but Martin Short's another one that I just I don't find funny. But then, you know, you get Mitch Hepberg. Um, I personally like Chris Rock, Cat Williams. I think that um, for me, the stand-up is a lot of what, like, I like the comedian if he's talking, like, about stuff I'm going through. Like, you know, if I'm going through a divorce and I'm watching a stand-up with Chris Rock and he's talking about divorce, like, I'm going to find him extremely funny. Whereas if he's talking about, you know, the great things about marriage, I'm probably not going to find him as funny. So I think it's also, like, what you're going through and where you are in life is who you find funny at that time and who you don't. Um, Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But... um, um, stand-up comedy just seems like, yeah, like in the 80s and 90s there were a lot of stand-up comedians they were doing it because they were doing it because it was something that they loved doing and because they were so good at it they got their show, their own shows they got their own sitcoms and whatnot and unfortunately I think that like you touched base before a lot of up-and-coming comedians, you know, they just become stand-up as they like a stepping stone to try to get their own sitcom, which to me kind of kills the art of stand-up comedy because it's not... It's easy to do comedy when you're, like, bouncing back and forth and you've got somebody else in the room, but when it's just you up there, it's twice as hard. So a lot of, like, new stand-up comedians, I just don't find funny. I Maybe it's just me, like, I, I look... I. I watch the Comedy Central roasts, and I don't know if you really can consider that stand-up comedy, but I I really enjoy those. Not just because they're tearing each other apart, but it's because it's a lot of comedians that I like. And then you get people like Sarah Silverman. Um, I can't even think of other comedians nowadays. They go up there, and I'm just I don't find them funny. I don't know. But like, what do you guys think? Do you think that like what you're going through in life can affect who you find funny at that time?
1: Without question, I I think that's what makes that separates the the greats from the pretty goods. I you know I, the, the more accessible uh, you you make your routine, I, I to me the the better you are. Um, I totally agree with you. You know. Um, and, A lot of female stand-up comics, uh, they come, you know, they piss and moan about P.M. Uh, and men, and a lot of routines are centered around that sort of stuff. And, and yeah, I'm not going to find that funny. I mean, there's there's very few stand-up comics, female, that I actually enjoy. Ellen DeGeneres is one of them, and I have very little in common with Ellen right. DeGeneres. Very little. But she she says things that are very accessible to a large number of individuals. I find her very funny. I think the greats are the ones that figure out a way to make their comedy accessible to almost anything you might be going through. And, and other comics become very centric. So, you know, whereas I might get into a 40-something stand-up comic that references how great the 80s were, I could see why a 20-something wouldn't find that guy funny. The greats are the ones that are really able to hit everything. And that's why I think Louis C.K. is brilliant. Because right. Louis C.K. has a way of, even if he's talking about something that you're not going through, he still finds a way to, to give it a relevance in, in your life. And, and he makes everything accessible to a vast majority of people. And, and that's, that's where I think you, you find that difference. I think it's an excellent point, Dank. The greats are the ones that, that give you a broad frame of reference.
3: And Ken, you have a good point because you're right. If a female stand-up is going to do that point of view that it's all about women or women versus men, it may not, we may not relate to it. Male stand-ups are not generally talking about being men, and that's what their routine is about. However, you mentioned Ellen, who I love, and she got her show based on her stand-up. There's someone else who did get a TV show based on his stand-up, and his stand-up was about being a man, and that's Tim Allen. And uh, He was very funny, but he had that very male-centric you know, thing, and it was about being a real man. Uh, you know, but back in the day, Paul Reiser someone else I loved who got a show you know, from his stand-up, but he was very accessible to everybody, uh, every man kind of thing. Tim Allen... He did his specific point of view may not have appealed to as wide an audience, but it certainly appealed to me. Any other comedian, think that you know that really uh, resonate with you?
4: One that I've always liked, and like, unfortunately, he got his show canceled, uh, which I thought was kind of like rushing to judgment. Is Robin Williams, and I don't know what your take is on him, but. I watched several of his stand-ups, and one of my favorite ones was the uh, HBO special, live on Broadway, and I have it on DVD. And to this day, I know every punchline, I know the series of jokes that he's they're coming, and I'm still laughing. And every time that he's on either a talk show or a, or you know Leno or anything like that, I'll stay up or I'll either record it or I'll stay up and watch it cause There's just certain comedians that have, it just seems they have a bottomless pit of material and that they could do stand-up every single minute of their life and still not be able to do everything that they want. And Robin Williams is one of those. Dana Carvey, I know you were touching, you touched base on him. He did an HBO special back in 95 because, and I know it was 95 because he was making fun of the O.J. Simpson trial. That's another one where I know every punchline. I've seen the show, God knows how many times. I watch it on YouTube, and it still makes me laugh. It's like it doesn't matter what mood I'm in. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. It, it, it just it brightens my day, and it's comedians like that, which I wish, you know, would go back to the roots of doing stand-up because it just, you know, they, they're funny. They're, they're, you know, just the way that they are. They make people laugh, and, and it generally seems like they enjoy what they do. They enjoy the fact that they know they make people laugh. And to me, watching a comedian that has that aspect on his job versus a comedian that's just delivering the punchlines because it's a paycheck makes me not just more of a fan, but makes it a whole lot more enjoyable for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think, you know, again, going back to, I think, yesteryear, you know, a lot. You know, I think, Todd, you kind of said it. There's, I, you know, there's a lot of comics now that have the idea, of, like, you know, get out there, get in the club, and, uh, get an agent, get a sitcom. Right. Whereas you have, like, going back to, like, Robin Williams, like, Robin Williams got into a sitcom by accident. You know, he was, he was a comic. Uh, comic by trade, and you know, granted, wanted to get, to make more money. I mean, that's it. So he got the sitcom. But yeah, I think you had some guys that were more of a comic by trade, where instead of being a uh, actor or something, just thought
3: comedy is going to be my vehicle. In right, you know, the suit said with Robert Williams, we've got to get people to see this person as much as possible because he was that funny. I, I agree with something you said, Dank, which is that he seems to be doing stand-up every waking moment, which is kind of why I've gotten turned off to it. I thought it was great, but just, I've just grown tired of, of Robin Williams just in general. Um, I loved him uh, in the 70s and 80s, and I just kind of, uh, my interest petered out. But when you look at that classic stuff, he was one of the funniest people you'll ever see. Um I don't know, I
4: don't know if you've seen the live on Broadway but if you haven't seen it give him one more chance or just take the time to watch it it may or may not change your opinion on him but it's worth the hour and 20 minutes
1: Very good thank you I'm I'm there with you I'm I'm still I I love Robin Williams and I think I saw that routine I mean I I go back uh, one of my favorites is uh, is Robin Williams live at the Met from that was, like, early 80s, yep. uh, you know, um, but uh, I, I still love Robin Williams. I, I love everything he does, and I agree with you. I think uh show got the quick hook. They should have at least given it a second season to let it evolve. Thanks for giving us a call, Dank, and, uh, you know, talk to you next month. Who knows what pop culture subject we will be hitting next month, but uh, thanks for the support.
4: All right, guys. Talk to you guys later.
1: Later. Take care. Bye. And we got a we got a new call on the line, so why don't we, we'll stick with the phones. We got a nine five six number on there. Call, are you there?
3: Hi,
0: you on the air?
1: You are on the air. What's your name?
0: Oh, hey, this is uh, I'm David Loco Romero. I was calling in from uh, Texas.
1: Oh hey, thanks thanks um, for what you got for us tonight.
0: Yeah, no, I'm listening to the show, and uh, you guys are talking about stand up, and uh, I mean, I, I like, I'm a big fan of stand up. Uh, I try to do my own stand up too. But, yeah, you guys are talking about, like, the history of stand-up. And I agree. There's not too many good comedians out there nowadays. But, um... What do you I mean, like? We talk about, we talk about Louis C.K., and he's, like, one of the best right now. Another guy that's really good is, uh... I forgot this... That, that uh... Arab guy? What's his name? Uh, Aziz Ansari? That guy's really funny. I don't know if you've ever heard of him.
3: Yeah, he is Larry. Oh, great. Yeah, he's really good. Like him. Aziza, uh, soft Yeah.
0: I heard Sarah uh, Sarah Silverman, she has a good stand up as well. I don't know if you answer her.
1: Yeah, she's very good. I'm curious, like what what is uh, what sort of stuff do you do? What's your routine kinda of like?
0: Oh, I do different characters and I do uh, you know, I talk about pop culture a lot. Sometimes I mean I'm I'm not like, I'm not like Latino so uh I talk about that as well sometimes. But my main mm-hmm. like my main show is you know, pop culture, what's going on, and I do different characters on show, you know. So
3: right up around. I do. Yeah, talk- I've
0: you actually, it, uh,
1: I'm actually. Sorry. Yeah, you do around the clubs in Texas.
0: Yeah, I go around, you know, I do my thing every, here and there, um, open mic stuff like that. Oh. Uh, cool. <clears throat> yeah, I've been doing it for a few years, so. but I've actually I got a show here on, on Block TV. It's called the Man Local Project. I do it with my cousin. and uh, yeah, It's kind of like a comedy show, kind of like this. We talk about, you know, pop culture, comedy. We also have, like, comedy sketches and things like that. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's uh, kind of similar to your show, but a little different.
3: Who are some of your uh, influences? As, talking to an actual stand-up now, who are some of your comic influences?
0: Well, I grew up watching. It's uh, Eddie Murphy, um Uh, Chris Rock you know uh, big fan of his Dave Chappelle that guy's really good yeah uh, Andrew Dice Clay that guy's a legend so and everybody has to everybody has to listen to him he's really good yep and of course uh, uh, Richard Pryor of course and he's like a legend too so I would uh, George Lopez as well I would say those are my some of my people I grew up watching and look up to
1: That's awesome, man. You know, just, uh, you know, before I let you go, why don't you, uh, you know, if there are other people out there in Texas that are listening to us, uh, where, where, uh, what open mic nights are you, are you doing in the future? Why don't you promote some of your stuff?
2: Uh,
0: well, actually, I've got any uh, stand-up going on right now, but I'm doing my radio show here on Block Talk Radio, so you guys can check that out, the Highman Local Project, Sunday nights here on Block Talk Radio. So um, you guys can look out for that.
3: If you want to head to our Facebook page and, and just let our fans know what your show is and where they can find it, that'd be great.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, you have the link up there.
1: Or? Yeah. Just uh, look up TARS Presents Pop Life uh, on Facebook.
0: All right. Sounds good. I'll, I'll be able
1: to do that. What's the link? Yeah well, yeah. we'll help each other out. Thanks a lot for the call, and uh, definitely give us a call in the future.
0: I will. I will. I'll definitely. I'll bring my cousin next time. Uh. My cousin Jaime, mean, he's a trip. I think you guys
1: will like him. All right, great. Definitely sounds good. Thanks for the call. All right, thank you. you. Nice. That's cool, Alan. Texas.
3: Outstanding. We've
1: reached out to Texas. Wow, we're on our way. We're. Uh, <laughs> that was kind of cool. So, in actual, so we're talking stand-up comedy, and we had uh, an actual stand-up comedy give us a call, uh, some influence. And some guys we actually forgot. You know, Dice, uh, a guy that he mentioned as an influence, uh, definitely – uh, a legend going back. So uh you know, it it's it's pretty amazing. I mean the tapestry of uh the world of stand up comedy and going back, um it it's pretty interesting. But I don't think there's really any debating that, you know, we we got pretty lucky. Uh the the guys that we grew up with, uh uh seventies, late seventies, into the eighties, uh wow, just uh, I, I defy like
3: any era of comedy to compare to the all-star team you can put out with, from that era. And You know what else? The proliferation of cable, the fact that you could actually see them, and not just the clean stuff on The Tonight Show, but see some of these guys do their, their real hardcore stuff, not just sneaking down, listening to you know tapes or records, depending on how old you are, but actually getting to uh, see these guys more often. So that was a really you know, positive thing for us when we were growing up.
1: Yeah, you, know, you hit some before, and I'd like to. Get, we got about fifteen minutes left, and I'd like to, to switch gears briefly. But you did hit that, you know, last last comic standing coming back. Uh, right. We're entering that season of summer shows, and uh, lots of new shows slated to come out. Any any new shows coming out for the summer that uh, you're you're ready, you're willing to, to go out there and, and give it a
3: chance. You know there is one that I'm really looking forward to, and I remember hearing about this a few years ago, uh, and I don't, I didn't realize until I researched it why it was familiar to me a while ago. If it was a new show, the show is called Penn and Teller Fool Us, and uh, it turns out that they did this show in uh, England three or four years ago. It's coming over to the U.S. now, uh, debuting this summer the The idea is that if you can perform a magic trick for Penn and Teller and they can't figure out on their first guess how you did it, you get to open for Penn and Teller. I love that concept. I can't wait to see that show. You know, if you're a fan of magic, we can hit you know yet another pop culture area there. But uh, that sounds like a, a really funny idea, a, a great thing, and and uh, I'm a big fan of Penn and Teller. The other one is a uh, a sitcom going to premiere on FX called Married with some, some actors that I really like, Matt Faxon, Judy Greer, uh, Jenny Slate, and it looks pretty funny, a family-based thing. Uh, you know, a, a married couple, obviously, but that looks pretty funny. Uh, those are two new shows that I'm looking forward to.
1: It's funny because I've gotten to the point, you know, there are certain times in, in, in life, I guess, you just grow confidence in something, and I've grown confident in FX, And and that's a show that I I wouldn't necessarily give a shot to, but it's FX. So I'm optimistic that they'll give us something good. Another show that, again, sounds terrible, but it's on on FX, so I will give it a shot. Um, Kelsey Grammer and Martin Lawrence uh, playing lawyers uh, that wind up working together. Uh, I don't know if there's anything that could sound more terrible than than those two.
3: I'm starting to question your methods here, Ken.
1: <laughs> but I honestly, I just keep thinking like it's FX. FX like puts on good stuff. I, I mean, should I be optimistic and, and and give it a shot? So I may actually give that a shot, even though yeah, it sounds terrible. The, one, the other show, have you seen the coming attractions for the show Leftovers? No, what's that? The about? leftovers. It's it's a show now. It the trailers are intriguing. And then I, I saw that it's, it's from uh, Lost co-creator Damon Lindelof. Right. Lindelof. And, and as soon as I heard that it was tied to Lost, I'm like, I can't watch this show because they're gonna, they're gonna, it's going to kill me. But the trailers are very intriguing. It's basically, uh, I think it's like 2% or 3% of the world's population disappears, just vanishes one day. And it's about the people that are left to figure out what the hell happened. And it's weird. Like there's there's a scene in the trailer where uh, a mother is putting her baby in in a car seat, and the baby's crying. And then, and then she turns around. It's like she goes in in the street, and the baby's gone. And then it's all about like how everyone just you know everyone's like losing their minds because they're trying to figure out where exactly. Uh, everyone went So that that, You know I, Again It's like it, Part of me is like Lost It's tied to lost I, I can't do this To myself again But I gotta admit I found the trailer uh, Pretty intriguing The other show And, and this is like More cast wise I loved My Name is Earl Me too And uh, Jamie Presley Surprised me At how good she was At, at comedy um, so she's coming back on, on TV with Jennifer Falls. I'm intrigued by what this show
3: could be. Uh, Jennifer Falls. Now, I'm not familiar. you know, But then again, I wasn't familiar with the last one until you did your impression of the baby crying. And then I said, <laughs> oh, that's right. I remember. So wh- what's this show about? Uh, it's, uh, Jamie Presley plays a uh, character, Jennifer. Right. Jennifer Falls. Uh, she's uh,
1: some corporate-type person that loses everything in – uh, she has to go to bartending, uh, or, or she owns a restaurant, something like that, uh, she's got to work at a bar, and uh, Ethan Suppley from My Name is Earl is also in the show, um, so it's one of those things, like, like I said, I'm, I'm floundering through trying to give you the plot, the plot didn't wasn't important to me, when I saw that Jamie Presley and Ethan Suppley were going to be in it, Right. I, I thought I'd, I'd give that show a chance as well, but you know it's interesting. You know, if I wind up having conflicts or wind up having not enough room on the DVR, uh, these shows may wind up getting the the chop pretty quickly. One show it's coming out that I, I have to at least watch one episode of. Girl Meets World.
3: Oh, oh, right, of course, the uh, the decades later spinoff. Yes, uh, I, I personally did not watch Boy Meets World. I might give this one a shot. In my, For shame! Oh, I know. It just wasn't the right time. This might have been out when I was in college. Maybe when I was in the dorm and just didn't have cable. Didn't have. I had like two networks. I don't know if that was the issue, but uh, yeah, Papanga. I. Well, I still knew of Topanga, of course. Papanga. Yeah, uh, and, and then what do we have? The the daughter of of the two leads, right? Ken? to get away yeah. yourself. <laughs> It's the daughter yeah,
1: Somehow that, that guy That, right. that little curly haired freak Got to Panga. Got Topanga <laughs> And they, they had a little girl And the weird thing is that Have you seen the, the, the trailer? Yeah, I've, They haven't changed That's the creepy thing Like right. They still look like they should be in high school And they have a little girl uh, which, which is the weird thing But the show It's no show It looks awful I mean <laughs> let's be honest But it, it's the Boy Meets World spinoff I, I have to give it a chance
3: Well, it's one of those things that I might give a chance with my kids who have seen you know, Boy Meets World, maybe even more than I have at this point. Just like there's another new show that premiered a few weeks ago called Riot. Uh, Steve Carell brought this over from overseas somewhere, I think Australia. And it's uh, one of those kind of improv-y things. Uh, They do a couple of uh, segments each show where they're on a a stage slanted at 20-something degrees and they have to do their improv comedy. And the kids love it. I wasn't as thrilled as they were. I, you know, I'm a fan of uh, improv, but this one just didn't do it for me. But that's one that's, uh, you know, that was on our summer list. You know, I, I feel like summer comes around. I should be making more space on my DVR, and it's still filling up, which is a problem. And I've got returning shows that I still need to, you know, set my DVR for. Of course, Louis is back, and we we haven't said enough about Louis tonight. Louis C.K.'s show is back. Uh, Marin with Mark Marin and other interesting stand-up is a show uh, I really enjoy. And one that's coming back in uh, I think a month or so, Drunk History on Comedy Central. And if you haven't seen this show, my God, it's the best history lesson you'll ever get. Uh, On Drunk History, you start out with a narrator who gets very drunk and then tries to tell you a story from history. And if that wasn't amusing enough, then they get famous actors and comedians to act out what the narrator is saying, but exactly as he says it. So they have to lip sync to the way he slurs and stumbles over his words. And yet, you still learn something. So I think it's the best of all worlds. Sounds intriguing. I've watched none of those shows. <laughs> <laughs> Drunk History coming back, you've got to check out this summer on, on Comedy Central.
1: Um, another show that, that's returning that I'm looking forward to is, and, and I'm sitting there like, and I'm uh, the sex show. Yeah, Masters of Sex. Master Sex. I, I was just thinking sex. Um, uh, of course I was. Because our girl's on that show. You know? But uh, good show. I, you know, it's funny. That was, a, that was a show that I really enjoyed the first season. I can't say it was like a show that I loved, but I really enjoyed it, and I'm, I'm really curious to see how these characters evolve in the second season. So it's definitely a show I'm looking forward to uh, in season two.
3: That one took me a few episodes to get into, but I really did love it by the end of the first season. Uh, and we left on a, a giant cliffhanger. So, you know, if they're rerunning those shows and uh, you want to catch up, it, it turned out, in my opinion, to be a, a terrific uh, show last summer. And uh, I think it was last summer, but in any event, it's a summer show this year, and it's one that I'm looking forward to. Another one... One of the big network, maybe the biggest uh, audience for any network summer show last year, was Under the Dome, and that's coming back shortly. Uh, did you watch that one, Ken? No, that was another lost scaring. Uh, scarring. That was a show that just reminded me
1: too much of uh, something weirds going to happen, and then it's going to it's going to creatively blue ball me and i am just i'm not going to be able to stick with it so i just i didn't take the chance
3: all right two points can one you've got to get over the lost thing (laughs) i really kind of do but two you kind of were right about under the dome so you know it, it may not be just the creators of lost but it may be the uh the style of show uh it did they just kept throwing more and more supernatural elements in uh but i did stick with it i enjoyed it um and I, I'm very curious to see where this one goes. So that's coming back uh, towards the end of June. Um, anything else that's uh, catching your... You know, a moment?
2: show that
1: kind of flew under the radar a bit and had a, had a really great cast, and it's coming back this summer, and uh, really, really looking forward to it. Ray Donovan, uh, great show. Really loved the first season. Um, I, I really, you know... I heard it was getting good reviews. I still felt like it kind of flew under the radar a bit. Um you know, it was one of those shows that you know, you ever you ever watch these shows where like you want to go out and like you you want it to be water cooler talk and it just isn't? Right. And and that's what Ray Donovan was for me. Like I'd watch it, it's like, Oh, this is an awesome show and then I, I would desperately be trying to find people to talk to about it and nobody I knew actually watched the show. Um, but I, I, I just think it's an incredible show, an incredible cast, uh you know, Lee Schreiber, uh, John Voight, uh, you know, and then some great character actors, uh, Stephen Bauer in it. it. Just everyone plays their part well. The characters are well written. All the characters are flawed, uh, which which is great. James Woods was on last season. Um, it, it's just a show I, I really like, really enjoyed, and uh, curious to see where these characters are going to go in season two. But that's uh, going to be starting in July. So as far as returning shows, I'm big right now on the uh, the, the Showtime shows, the uh, Master Sex and Ray Donovan. Looking forward to those two shows coming back. But uh, did I, and I don't think you did. You didn't watch Ray Donovan, right?
3: No, I didn't. I mean, uh, you've told me about it before. It sounds interesting. Uh, I didn't. And I know what you're talking about, that, that frustration over a show that you want to talk to people about, and yet you don't know anyone who watches it. Uh, and, and first of all, you feel like everybody's losing out. And second of all, you just have stuff. You maybe have questions, maybe just have great, oh, my God, did you see this? And you lose out. You know, I have a show that's like that, and it's a very different type of show. Uh, but I feel the same way a lot of the time. I, I try to get people, I try to get my oldest son to watch it sometimes, and it's a little bit much. We've been watching Cosmos, uh, and he's enjoying that, the, uh, the miniseries on Fox. What, the show I'm referring to now is Through the Wormhole with Morgan Freeman and it's on the Science Channel. It delves into very interesting topics every week, and when the show is over, I am just dying to have a deep conversation about these subjects, and there's no one I can talk to about it because I don't know anybody who watches the show. Uh, Morgan Freeman is the host, the narrator, and he actually is a creator. He comes up with the topics that they discuss, and they dissect everything from, uh, you know, are, are there other universes... Uh, to is there a God uh you know when will humans die out? Are animals intelligent? I mean all kinds of really interesting topics, and he 'll explore them from a lot of different angles, and then you know i 'm stuck pondering in my own skull because i can 't talk about it with anybody so your wife is going to find you in the fetal position like,
1: somewhere, <laughs> like not being able to talk about is there a god isn 't there a God? But no, I don't watch that show. <laughs> Sorry, we can't talk. I'll have to find somebody else. But yeah, I mean, you know, the summer season looks like it, it's, uh, you know, going to be an interesting season. Like I said, you know, like when we talked about our, you know, coming into a new season of TV, you know, which which uh, shows get the axe. You know, there's definitely a couple, like I said, I think Girl Meets World. I'll probably watch one or two episodes and then realize, you know, the nostalgic thing is done and it's just not a good show. Um, you know, so... Some shows will probably quickly get the axe, but you're right. You know, you're thinking, all right, finally get the DVR cleared, and now there's there's new stuff to pile on. There's just there's just so much TV, and with TV, and as we hit on sports, and, and there's just there's too much to watch.
3: Yeah, you know, I can't even consider uh, DVRing a, a a game anymore. You know, a Rangers game or a, a well, the Knicks are out, but whether it's well, one of the NBA or NHL finals games, I have to wonder if I'll get the end of it. In or my DVR will just cut it off and say sorry, all fall, You know, try again next time, because we're really pushing it. And I did not think that would be the case. Uh, sports is one of the few things, though, I watch live for the most part. I mean, I don't watch live TV uh, unless it's a weather report or sports. <laughs> you know, it's kind of stupid to DVR the weather report and watch it a few weeks later, uh, and and live sports. <laughs>
1: Hey, I mean, man, you know, it's interesting that over the past few years, I think we're talking probably, you know, less than 10, maybe five, six, seven years, like scripted TV has made like such an incredible comeback. There was the influx of reality TV, and I know there's a lot of reality TV on, on basic cable. I mean, it seems like, you know, every basic cable network has about 16 shows about picking through trash and, and trying to sell it. <laughs> right. Um, but other than that, you know, scripted TV... um, over the the past five, six, seven years. And it's just, you know, I have found for myself, I watch a lot less sports. I really only watch sports now if I'm out. If I'm out at a bar, I'll watch the sports that are on in the bar, but it's rare that I actually sit down and watch a
3: game now. It's a good time of day for me to watch sports because the kids are getting ready for bed. They're winding down. I can't watch a lot of the stuff that I'd like to but they love sports, I love sports, so that's when we get in our live TV and we watch our, we watch our games.
1: Thank you guys for supporting us and calling us. Uh, we are Pop Life, and we'll be back the first Tuesday of next month. You know what? Head on over to the Facebook page, TKRS Presents Pop Life. You got some subjects you want us to dissect? By all means, post them over there on the Facebook. We are
3: good show tonight, Todd. Outstanding show, Ken. It was great doing with you again. Can't wait till next month. I'm Ken for Todd.
1: Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next month. Good night, everybody.
0: With Lucky Lance Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere